0: What up, what up, what up, y'all? It's your man, Kev Mac, and I'm back with another episode of Kev Mac Video Podcast. Today, we got part two of OG band from original front of Compton Crip, just east of Centennial High School. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed part one. After part two, we'll get part three, and then we'll get into the Bebop watch Bloods, out of historic watch community of Los Angeles, not far from the watch Tower, or Sanford and Son, dun, dun dunna with film right there on location so y'all be sure and check out the Bebop Watch series after OG Bam concludes thank you guys for checking in and we're going to get to our sponsors and I'll be right back This is Kev Mac and I'm back. And I just want you guys to know if you're only listening on Anchor or whatever podcast service you may be listening to, you can go to YouTube and check out the videos. Kev Mac videos on YouTube. Go check it out. You'll love it. You'll enjoy it. And for the most part, Kev Mac is cracking in this mother...
1: Original Front Hook Comic I was the
0: founder. I created Conan Pocket in my mother's garage. I
2: had a lot of, you know, lifting weights
1: and I was on sport. They start calling me Big Miz. Original Stutterbox, Eastside Fire, who's Pablo Bishop, Mills City Gangster Bloods. Yeah, Mac video, video, you know, this is only
0: over the beginning. White people signed racially restrictive contracts that prevented them from selling their homes to black buyers. Black residents knew they weren't welcome in downtown businesses or restaurants, and white Compton homeowners even started a campaign called. Keep the Negroes north of 130th, said Robert Lee Johnson, the author of Images of America, Compton. Still, black migrants from the South continued moving west to California, disembarking at Union Station and heading to Central Avenue until they began to inch south toward Compton's borders. The school district built Centennial High School at Central Avenue and El Segundo Boulevard as black families near Compton. School board documents don't confirm the district's intent when it chose the location, but it had the effect of separating black and white students, said Albert Camarillo, a Stanford history professor who has written about his hometown. This school was built to stop us from crossing Rosecrans, said Maple Cornwell, a teacher, debate coach, and assistant principal at Centennial High School during this time.
1: What was the very
3: fight that established Salle as the, the best fighter or? Centennial. The guy? Yes. What was that fight?
1: I don't know exactly what, what Paru Boy was. I don't know if it was Tam. Whatever, but uh, Lasio put tips on dude. B A. He set the precedent for the Crips and the Listen wars. to me, he set the precedent for front and corner pocket. That we was not to be fucked with. LaSalle had a squabble, you feel me? Look so at they didn't have a
3: counterbalance for
1: that? Yeah, wasn't, no, wasn't nobody over there can fuck with LaSalle. You feel me? Wasn't nobody that can fuck with him. You feel me? You know this character? Yeah, this is my comrade. <laughs> That's Imagine That's that. That's uh, C-C- CCO love right there. You, you said, Conrad, what is that?" Oh, shit. that's 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 that C C O love right there. Well, no, yeah, so that's Compton kind of trip love, man. <laughs> oh, Okay, I'm
3: well, mean, i am I, you know, I just want to be able to
1: Go back to LaCille. LaCille ended up whooping on the dude. I was at Willowbrook when this happened, but that was the listen to me. We still talks about how LaCille did that, and LaCille. Put it out there. You can say for all the ribs, but it was like from front of the corner of the pocket. This society represented. You feel me? This society represented. LaCell had her hands. LaCell was like six two six three. He called himself Little La. Little LaCell had hands. I always. It wasn't just the bully had hands. We had another homie from the pocket that had had hands. David Lee Scott. He had a squabble too. Them dudes had, and, and, and the homie bully. them dudes just had a squabble. So, front hood always been known, front the corner the pocket always been known with dudes that had a squabble. We was, Compton Crip Pier was known for that. Do you believe LaCell was trained professionally? He was, yeah, he did. I can take you to, to the man that taught him how to box. He lived on Lucene, loose old man. They was trained how to box, fight him and David Lee Scott. Because everything but I they heard never about, it, him he was great. Room. Yeah, he, the boy had a real squabble. Then one of his best squabbles was, a lot of people don't know this. This was at Tubman. Him and Trent from Nutty. Trent Booker. Trent Booker had a squabble. But he just couldn't fuck with Lasseo. But that was like a George Foreman and the Ali squabble that day. Explain. Listen to me, man. It just, you know, shit, they wanted to see who had the chunkles and Lasille Trent had a squabble. And that was one of the best squabbles I've seen. You feel me? But I had a, I had There's another home. Moment. I had another homie over here that knew how to squabble real good. LaSalle was known for the hands. My homie Tony Hodge had a squabble. Now he ain't at his best. Dudes to look down on, him, but Tony Hodge had a squabble. Mac Watch had a squabble. You feel me? All these dudes had squabbles, and they they taught us, you know, as long as whatever come out of our mouth, we got to defend what come out of our mouth. Whatever we do, we got to stand up for what we do. You feel me? But LaSalle, in his era, LaSalle was that guy with that chunkle, man. Since you're talking about eras, one of his eras- era, LaSalle is like in the same, like, same era I am. Like, uh, I'm a baby crip from here. I'm a baby Compton Crip. You feel me? I'm a G, but I'm a baby Compton Crip. LaSalle and them is my big homies, though. Even though they're a year too two old them, they're my big homies. Them and and them, they're my big homies.
2: When did the gunplay start
1: with the Pirates? When did the fighting stop and the shooting begin? What is that you can say about the mid seventies when Tam got killed. You feel me? When Tam got killed. Were you at that party? Nah. No. It was a football game. I never forget, man. Compt used to play at Compton High. That was our home games and uh We was all at the football game next day. We dope, but we started shooting on the Crip side because Tam just got killed. us dispersed. We had to walk through the tanners to come to the hood and all that. But that's how it was. Like we used to go over there chasing brawls in the west side. A lot of my big homies fuck with the girls in the west side probably. And that played a role in it too. They, you know, we didn't like them fucking. I love brawls, so we fucking they brawls. We got they top-notch brawls. You feel me? So you know, like my big homies, LaSille and Abraham. Junkie Fred and them—they was fucking with them girls over there. And them girls used to take me to lunch every day, man. Try to take me through Parole Hood to try to scare me and shit. You know, Giacomo had a girl in your neighborhood. Yeah. Who? Patty.
3: Yeah. Patty. What's—I um, don't remember what, quite what street she lived on, but Giacomo from the Count Danellis had a
1: girlfriend in your neighborhood. What she looked like? Light skin. Patty Hearst. Yeah. Lived on Wilmington. Lynette Tyson. <laughs> Real skinny. Now living in Arizona. Now she admired, but we the same age. So you know about it? Yeah, that's my own. Did y'all give him a pass? Watch this. It's a dude named Rob from Campanella. Some of them dudes that was over there that really wasn't bloods, but was like players, used to fuck with some of my big homies that went to Centennial. Because they was player dudes. Like Sam OG Sam from Jim Village. I never looked at Sam like a Pyro because he fucked with my big homies at school. But that's where he was from. In Jima Village. There wasn't no village town, all that to us. That was Westside. You feel me? So like, when I first started gangbanging, man, the only part of the rules was in Compton. Westside, Park, Campanella, and Fruit Town. Them was the only bloods in Compton. What about the tree tops? Again, them was the only bloods in Compton. They created these other sections to make themselves look big. I ain't taking nothing from them to make themselves look big. How you gonna change a fruit street until make yourself to the treetop? All the streets over there is peach and cherry, so them are fruit chairs. But front hood had a clear way path of going in front hood because we had homies, people was on over there. I used to go over there on Pea Street, you feel me? But it was only like folks, real sections of bloods and Compton. Chris, we outnumbered them dudes 10 to 1. Let me roll back to, to Tam's
2: death. Yeah. Was that the game changer in Compton?
1: in a roundabout way. The game changer is Compton's when we lost Salty. That's two years later. Later, but that was the game changer for Compton Crips. Time. Nah, Salty got nice. killed first, nice. bruh. Tim
2: seventy five, Salty
1: seventy six. All right. Well, well, well the first one was Ray
3: Johnson.
1: Yeah, Ray Neal. But now when we lost That's Salty true. for the, for Compton Crips, that that was a game changer for us. That was the first crib we lost. A, a, a crib home, boy. You feel me? That we lost. You feel me? You know, you know shit. So that uh, that
2: ushered in the, the, the gun battle era. Not ushered, and then it's
1: like everything changed, man. You know, like I always idolized gangsters, man. I still like gangster movies, so we gonna do what we see gangsters do. Shit, Crips and Bloods and create drive bys, Al Capone them created that. You feel me? They created that, driving around. But the gun ever just let me Put it the best way I know how Without you think I'm being, being funny. If the if, if white folks wouldn't have gave us these zoosies and all that, it probably wouldn't have never been no drive-by. I you feel it. me? This wasn't nothing to go to a motherfucking party. I got you feel you. me? I'm oh, right back. Right yeah. You oh, film. We got that get Joe Rock here right. today with you.
2: man. Get my number
1: for them. They all got, all my, right, got yeah, my number. Give me another one. i right. All right. I got to work with some kids in Newport Beach. All right. All right. But yeah, that, that, that's how you feel me. Tam got killed in Salty. That brought a new twist with it. You feel me? But Salty was that's that was like the first real Crip loss in Compton, You feel me? What about Salty? Bartender? Bartender got killed up at Dudos. You feel me? Did that
0: turn the city upside down too?
1: Or no. As For as on their side, they got, you know, it that came with some drama, some major drama. You feel me? Just like that. like you say, when Tam had got killed, you feel me? I was in YA, but believe me, competition plus, we was fighting in Nellis because of that, you feel me? So you got to look at it. Them dudes, Tam was somebody from there. He was a figure from the west side. What was he
3: known
1: for? Well, oh, shit, I couldn't even tell you, man, because he was older than me, you feel me? All I know, he posted been 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 at the round table when he, like one of the first one of them, You feel me? He was at the round table. That was one of LB childhood friends. You feel me? And them dudes, you know, they stuck together. You feel me? But everybody always shot up, shot shot with a 22 or a 25 or a rifle. You know, the biggest thing when I was coming up was a 12 gauge shotgun. You motherfucker got a shotgun at a party, you gonna leave the party. You did not have to worry about the color of your rag. You do to worry about a motherfucker stepping on your biscuits. You might get shot or beat up for stepping on somebody's biscuits, man. You feel me? So th- that's how that went, you know? But we all did a lot of things at that school, front corner pocket in the Corpus and the Monas. We, we was well established at that school. Like it's a, a stand over there called Mama Knackers. Now, because that's the neighborhood But you know, that was like a neutral ground for everybody, because we respected Mama Knockers. We couldn't go over there and game bang. We knew where we was from, we'd be over there shooting dice. I mean, I'd go to school at 8 o'clock in the morning, be at Mama Knockers at 3 o'clock from 8 to 3. That's when the dice game go in. But it'd be Crips and Blood shooting dice. In the 70s. In the 70s. Oh, man, that's when shooting dice was good, man. Comic-11, Cripp-7s, man. We was going to eat. You feel me? We was going to eat. Everything was cheap. of cigarettes, $0.35. Cent. You feel me? Colossal burger, $3.00 get you everything you need. Bam! I want to make a point right
3: here. <laughs> and I don't know if you agree with me or disagree, but just, just, just follow me for a moment. You're 60, right? Yeah. yeah I'm 60. You and I are set up. Both to get, to tell his history or be a part of his history because we were able to be with Raymond and took him. Yeah. But at the same time, our crib extended to the 80s when the guys that's older than us, they kind of fell off two to three years and maybe not went past 75. So they don't know that side of it. Yeah. But guys like myself and you, All right. we're able to be a part of that and explain it in a way sometimes that. Um, that go mischaracteri- get mischaracterized right, or yeah. may not, not necessarily follow through yeah. on, on the listeners. And I just want you to, to touch on that, Crippin, as far as what was the dynamic change of
1: it from the 70s to the 80s. Can you do that?
3: I'm, I'm, I hope I didn't say too
1: much. No, watch this. I'm, I'm gonna try to break this down as much as possible. Chris started fitting, going to them penitentiaries. He started coming home with a different personality. Different mentality. That brought a whole new dimension of crippling to the streets. You understand what I'm saying? Basically, you'll find out who your real homeboy is when you go to the penitentiary. You feel me? So I ain't worried about my girl taking taking care of me. I want my homie to take care of me, cause when he get it, he gonna claim this anyway. So you coming in, you learn, you, you get to reading books in prison. So we trying to evaluate our gangsterism. Like I went, when I first went to prison, before I went to prison, I caught myself being a player. I was trying to sell dope. I was selling PCP, right? When I went to prison, guess what happened? The old game bank just came right back in me. Now I'm, I'm banging all over again. I ain't going to pen, saying I'm a player. No, I'm from front of and this is what I'm doing. So by the time I got to the streets, everybody in my generation wasn't with it like that no more. They being players or being square dudes with a job. You feel me? But it's something about what I learned based on how the question you asked me. And I'm hoping to ask them the best way I know how. I can't never get away from being from front of it. No matter where I go, that's what I'm known for. I'm from front of it, so I wear front of it as well. You feel me? I never wore a front of it hat. So I was a gang banger that experienced. Everything came with gang activity. From shooting the motherfucker to smoking crack and all that. But I never put a front of it hat on until I got sober. Because I was worthy enough to wear a front of it hat then. I wasn't worthy to wear that front of it hat when I was smoking. When I got myself together, that's when I put that hat on it and it escalated. Now, it's a whole new dimension. It's a different level of gang banging out here now. You don't know who game banging. You feel me? So it's a G perspective. Right before I left the pen, man, I was sitting on the yard and folks talking to LB. He said, man, what you tripping on? I said, man, you know how they say, when dudes go to pen, it's on the daddy. No, it ain't on just the daddy. It's on every black man to look out for the black youth. Cause we the one lost that generation. We can't blame it on one generation while another generation is fucked up. Cause if I ain't got no sons, but I got nephews, I'm responsible for my nephew. If you got a child and I know you're responsible for your son if you leave. Cause a mother, a woman can't raise a boy. That's why these little kids out there wearing bangs and shit now. They think that's a taper, but that's a bang. You understand what I'm saying? I ain't trying to be rude and it's just how I am. Right? Like, like some of my young homies. I want them to know the history of that neighborhood, because like I was saying when we first came up, if you know where you're from, you know where you're going. And if you know where you're going, you ain't gonna never repeat yourself.
0: What year did you first hit the penitentiary?
1: I first went to prison in 1980. Caught my case in 79 and went in 80. Yeah, did five years, yeah, so started you, at DVI.
0: So you ran across the CCO in there. Yeah. Was you introduced to it?
1: Yes, I was.
0: Who introduced you to it?
1: Tim Cornegay,
0: Harlem Crip.
1: Yeah, Big Age. That was we read the Constitution the same day.
0: Hmm. And what prison was that?
1: Tracy.
2: How was, how was it presented to you, the Constitution?
1: Well, like, but don't nobody know before CCO came out. It was before it was ever CCO was called, a thing called Blue Magic. It didn't start on no level four yard. Started on level three yard. I was a Blue Magic the time Blue Magic hit a level four yard, they wasn't having it. Who was responsible for Blue Magic? Big Big J from Harlem. So when it came about, we came with CCO, let's consolidate a crip organization. Consolidated crip organization, like I tell a lot of my homies, I own sugar coat, I don't let nobody dispute that I wasn't up under that. A lot of people believe if you was under something, you ain't from your hood. Can't nobody tell me I ain't from front, I ain't gonna be from front until I die. I'm from front, of it. I was just CCO. Every organization needs structure, and CCO was the best thing happened for Crips in prison. We was well organized. Was the leadership right? To me, yeah. Some dudes that hated on dudes with leadership, didn't like what they was doing. Nah. If somebody ever sent somebody on a mission on prison, that's because he was a busted. He was a weak individual. The soldiers don't go on mission. Soldiers already know what they got to do. You understand what I'm saying? I ain't never been taught to go on No Missy, but I had the right mentors, dudes like Cutes. Dudes like my big homie, Sumar, Ascari from the 60s. Them dudes laced me when I went Who's to prison. Little was your Lil Them dudes laced me. They laced me. They, they, they put books in my hand. I went in there. Hey, when I was going to El I ain't know nothing about Malcolm X. I ain't never read nothing about them. When I went to prison, I learned about these dudes. My hero was George Jackson. I read the Solid Dad Brothers men and started hating all white people. You understand what I'm saying? And I learned the perspective that cripping is, is my choice. I'm like I was telling them, Crippin' is my choice, but I'm a black man. And and CCO taught us that. We didn't just we wasn't just a destructive group. You can go to the shoe yard and you got, we had teaching on the yard. You had political science taught on that shoe yard. You got dudes that, crip dudes and blood dudes that came to prison, couldn't read and write. When they got up under these organizations and hooked up with people, they learned how to read and write. And this is what all Raymond wanted anyway. I can say that about my big homies, yeah. I can say that about my big homies that started this. If I would've ditched school, Bodine would've whooped my ass. Man, get your little ass in school. They didn't want to see us ditching. You understand what I'm saying? We always want better for the next generation. When CCO came, it was just prison politics is a cold thing, man. It's like the Democrats and Republicans going through it now. It's like that, but it's dangerous. You hear these youngsters say it's politics. No, politics create bloodbaths. Motherfuckers get hurt on politics. Because with politics come propaganda. Propaganda ain't nothing but a lie. You understand what I'm saying? And, And the All the dudes that ran CCO. It's people I had a lot of love for. Because they laced me. A lot of us knew each other coming up through Juvenile Hall. These dudes laced me. Like far as Compton Crib go, we every Compton Crib my age damn near in prison, we loved at Harron. Big Harron was our big home. First time I hit Juvenile Hall, he was there. First time I hit the county jail, he was there. When I was out on bail for my robberies, man, I'll never forget I was on 165th. It was Raymond Washington, my homie Pet Bull, Big Mac and Fat, so rest in peace. Raymond said, man, you scared you finna go to the pen? I'm like, yeah, man, what's up? Because I had shot somebody, and I heard he had a big brother in the pen, so I'm thinking this dude might get on me. He said, just go in there and be you. And I and a crib dude from Folk Trey, he's about 64 years old named Mark. Then this dude stole some candy. Mexican candy in L.A. County Jail in 26, 28. This dude tried to bully me out the candy, and I fired on him. He ended up winning the fight, but when Big Hamron came back from court, and some type of way, Raymond ended up in in there on some traffic warrants, and he seen I had a black eye. Raymond went big. But they didn't just whoop his ass because I lost the fight. They whooped his ass because he taught me to do the wrong thing in jail. He taught me to steal when I shouldn't have to steal.
2: Let me ask you this as
1: you're talking about the county jail in the 70s. What was the racial dynamics of the county jail in the 70s? When I first hit the L.A. County Jail was in 1978, right? 4800, which is ended up being the crib margin was the bridge the Fish Road. When you first get booked in, you went through 48 first. Blacks and Mexicans wasn't fighting. Matter of fact, Mexicans used to get mad because we was robbing white boys. So you, they take you in there. You was gonna get robbed. See, the Mad Maxis motherfucker take them. I was never a part of that, because how can me and him take a pair of shoes? He gonna wear one, I'm gonna wear one. But it was so much money in the county, you can sell candy or shoot dice. But the racial dramatics, we was equally numbered, really. But it wasn't like it is now where the blacks and the Mexicans was beefy. Matter of fact, when I first went to the county, Mexicans used to gamble with us. Mm-hmm. At a Mexican homeboy living on the first name, Mio. He used to get blackjack, hit 21, and said, no, bam, you can keep the deal. I didn't drink that out of this tumbler with him because I grew up with him over here, right? So you get that.
2: So there's never a fight between a Mexican and black. It's just between them
1: or anything? They- it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. It was enough people that, that knew about prison life to cease that, to cease that.
2: So the black and the
1: Hispanic had a dispute in the LA County Jail in the 1970s. What would happen? It, it'll go up. It, that—that's based on prison shit. I mean, if I see you fighting another race, I'm supposed to jump in. I'm willing to let you fight my home head up, lest you look less you lose, and then I'm gonna jump in. But if I see you fight another race, I'm gonna help you. That's just jail politics. That's that's a human. That's a human reaction, an instinct. Then you got to help your brother.
2: Were segregating the phones and
1: the no, back then? No. No. Listen to me. We used to gamble with Mexicans. We used to gamble with them in the 70s. And till about 70, I first go to the county jail in 78. I say from 78 to about 82, blacks and Mexicans used to gamble together. Politics from prison trinket on down to the county jail. The police played their manipulation, that created a lot of racial tension. You understand what I'm saying? How you gonna fight somebody you're growing up with? Half of us grew up with Mexicans. I used to run on Largo Street. I was a brother, but nothing happened to me because I knew some of them. But prison politics trinket on down. So you, and then the, the police created some bullshit where they separated us. I heard somebody say 4,800 started like, in the mid 80s, like 85, 86, no. When they first tried 4,800, I came down from the pen. And this is in 1982, I came down from Tracy. I was back in 2826, and the police was walking around asking you where you was from. We didn't know what they was doing that for. And one Saturday, we waiting on them doughnuts. They just give out doughnuts on Saturday, we waiting on them. And one Saturday, they locked down the county jail. Next thing I know, Crips sitting up in 4,800. We think we coming to a, to a black margin. This was all Crips. By the time I went back to the pen, about six months later, I did to get to the pen. I'm hearing about 4,800. 4,300 was from Bloods. When I first went to prison, that's the margin I left to go to the prison out of. 4,300, because that was where they were sending high power gang members, like Big Ant, Sparks, and Reveal. All of us was over there. You feel me? And it was one blood up in that margin with us. Had his red rag. Joe Valentine from Bonnie Hunters, J. Nutty. And he used to clown all his homeboys cause the court line child was right by the margin. Them dudes would come in, wouldn't let us know they was bloods and Joey be like, y'all scary. You feel me? Cause it was hard to even find the blood in the LA County when they didn't have the gang marchals. Them dudes wasn't freely telling people they was bloods, man. They didn't freely say, oh yeah, woo. Well, oh, you get to the pit. What you doing with that red rag in your pocket, man? Oh, man, you, no, that wasn't what you was doing in L.A. County Jail. Whatever flow you went on. When I first went to the county jail, man, the only Crips was beefing was the Hoovers and 9-0s. Shit, the 9-0s, you hear 9-0 might be way on the other side of the county jail. The Hoovers finna go way on the other side to go get them. You feel me? And this is what you heard. So when they came with the game martyrs, it came with a new twist. The game march should have been beneficial for Bloods and Crips. But instead we did we did we did some disfavors to ourselves, allowing ourselves to be manipulated by OSS. We should have went in there and created unity amongst ourselves. Only time before they got into the police when they jumped on Herron. Like, 4800 That was
2: over Herron.
1: Yeah, they jumped on Big Herron. Beat them up real bad.
2: What years were you in the penitentiary?
1: I went to Penn in 80. I got out in 86, came back, went back in 89 got out in 2008. So when you first
2: hit
1: the pin in 80, where, where, where'd you land at?
2: Tracy,
1: DVR. What was the racial makeup of uh, Tracy? Now watch this, man. When I first got there, I thought I was on fire. It was more down moves than Crips, and everything was even in balance. I'm looking at these big, thick, corn-fed whiteboards walking around here, man. Got muscles big and took You feel me? These Mexicans, but the cold part about when I first went to prison, half of the Mexicans my age that was from LA, I had new from Juvenile Hall. I mean, it was walking up to me doing this, saying my last name to me, because that's what we remember each other about going through Juvenile Hall. Now they tipped up, we tipped up, but it's going to always be a respect. man's going to respect men. So we already know it's not personal, it's only business. You understand what I'm saying? My first year in Tracy, I'll never forget, man, I was in the shower. I was in Evergreen. Big Havron was in the hole, and I went to the shower. About four BGFs came up there and said, where you from? Like, man, I'm a Crip. But it wasn't nothing about it, 20 Crips on the yard. You know, Big Havron had told me, don't get up under nothing and keep the Crip." I wanted to be like Raymond. Wait,
2: BGFs pushing up on people, asking them where they was from?
1: They asked brothers, where you from, bro? I was in the shop, where you from? bro?" I'm like, man, I'm kind of tripped, man, what's up? Now, was I kind of scared? Yeah, I was shaking in my boots. But I intimidated him because they thought they was intimidating me. I didn't show the sign of fear. You understand what I'm saying? Then we started getting strong in there. For some reason, people never liked the Crips based on what they was hearing through the news media about us. So when the Crips was going to the pen, we, we, we creating strongholds for ourselves. The 80s started sending, sending Crips up in there and Bloods up in there. You understand what I'm saying? And it was different. Like, one of the founders of BL, I knew him. Damu Rooster from the 40 Rules. I knew Rooster. Me and Tyree was cool. I've been knowing Tyree since he was little because I got people over there. So, like he told me, he said, man, ain't nothing going to happen to you. No, just say you ain't going to do nothing to me. So I was in trace when all the dumb moves I chased off the yard. By who? By the Crips.
2: Back to that shower when the BGS pressed up on you and you told them comp and Crip,
1: what was their response? They, they respected that. Basically, they, that was to see if they can intimidate me. You feel me? But all the time, they, they can't just do nothing to me. They, now they finna have blood tripping on me. But I never had a problem till it was gang problems in prison.
2: So you're saying the BGFs were playing the puppet master
1: with the bullets? Them is some co-manipulators, man. Them is some manipulators. Not all of them. I can can say this, and Rockhead said it best one time. Them real BGFs like the Crips. Because they knew we was going to be the new freedom fighters up in that motherfucker. We was the ones who was going to save everything up in there.
2: So look, you landed landed in the pen before CCO was formed. Exactly. So when did you become aware of cco
1: i became aware of cco in 1983.
2: and you weren't pulled in by other Compton ccos
1: uh, well one of my big homies was a general one of my big homies was one of the generals of cco so i naturally i wanted to be a part of what he was a part of
2: when you say big homie you mean another Compton
1: crip or, yeah, or a yeah another crip? another Compton crip now don't get when I say big homie, man, I got big homies that ain't from just front end. That's the title earned, not just given.
0: i Macheads and Maniacs, I appreciate you guys for checking out part two. Stay tuned for part three tomorrow. Remember, you can watch the videos on YouTube. Care Mac videos on YouTube. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. Have a great day.